Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Dennis Erickson uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, two-time national champion. Our next guest is all over Utah sports. You want to know what's going on with the Utes in the Pac-12 by extension? Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, frequent uh, guest on this show, joining us now. Uh, You look at the standings of the Pac-12, Newman, what do you see? Uh, I see Utah alone in second, uh, a half game out of first. Now, look, they've played... 11 games uh most of the league has a game in hand on the youth but the point remains i mean this was not expected you know you you look at what utah did last year and who left after last season and then you look at who came in this in this season you're looking at the puzzle pieces i thought that utah would take a step forward you know i thought you know 16 17 wins at least flirting with the nit would be tangible real progress for craig smith but they have uh, surpassed that expectation, right? They're 15 and seven overall, eight and three in the Pac-12. They are, you know, they're not quite on the bubble yet, but they are veering towards getting on the bubble. Um, just a, a gigantic step forward for Craig Smith here in year two. And if they if they can get one off Oregon tomorrow night, uh, the, you know, the math starts to change, right? The look of things, you know, radically starts to change in terms of what this season could be if they win tomorrow night. Yeah, it's a huge game for both programs. I mean, I think Oregon would like very much to win that game and, and you know draw closer in the standings and improve their seeding possibly for the uh, Pac-12 tournament. But Utah, meanwhile, uh, chasing UCLA and a half game back. Um, is the Utah fan base engaged with basketball right now? I know they're coming out of football hysteria. Uh, you know, this is absolutely within the last decade, and you know as well as anybody, this has turned into a football market a football school, um, you know, certainly within you know the last two or three years, especially with all the success that the football program has had. But at its core, at its heart, this is still like a basketball community, right? Between, you know, Majerus and Van Horn and, and Michael Doliak and all the, and, you know, those teams in the 90s, basketball is absolutely in the heart of, of you know, of Joe Average Utah fan. Um, yeah, you know, you, could, you can sense it on social media, and in the arena that, like, as this season has gone on, certainly it, it's had, you know, peaks and valleys. But right now, you know, they're at a peak here with this three-game winning streak. You can sense that people are getting more excited. And, again, you know, the Utah fan knows the history against Oregon, right? Utah is 2-22 and against Oregon as a Pac-12 member. They have lost 10 straight to the Ducks dating back to 2017. Dana Altman owns Utah basketball. That is not lost on Utah fans. So I think with the way things have gone lately, right, they're on a three-game streak, Washington State, Washington, Oregon State, and they've beaten up those three teams, okay? They've done what they're supposed to do against lesser competition. People are excited now, and they're especially excited, again, with this Oregon team coming up, you know, knowing what's at stake and knowing what Oregon has done to Utah historically. 
Are you surprised that the program, after coaching change, has pivoted so quickly into being a contender? Yes, I am. Uh, this is not a place, this is not an athletic department that's just going to welcome in, you know, academic cases and, and JUCO transfers. That, that That's just not how, you know, this football program and basketball program are, right? This isn't Iowa State and other places that go the JUCO route and can turn it around immediately. Um, I think that, uh, excuse me, I don't think there's enough appreciation for the mess that Craig Smith inherited. Like, you had a lot of guys walk out the door. You didn't have a great team last year. And, look, this isn't a super over-the-top talented team now, but I think I think a lot needs to be said for the job that Craig has done because, again, walked into a mess. They, you know, they dealt with last year. Things have turned around this year. And, again, they are very clearly ahead of schedule. And it, it's going to be a fascinating stretch run here. But no matter how this season ends, right, you know, whether or not it ends in the NCAA tournament, or the NIT, it's still a gigantic step forward. The NCAA tournament would be gravy, all right? And if they don't go into the toilet here entirely, they are at least going to the NIT. That's absolutely a huge step forward for Craig Smith. It feels like they're in position. Like, you know, I talked to Jamie Zaninovich with the Pac-12 today kind of about the state of things, and, you know, he brings up uh, Arizona, UCLA. Uh, I saw USC play last week and then saw them again last night. They look really good right now. and I think they're going to get in. I think Utah may be that fourth team. He says that the inside the conference offices, it would take it would be the equivalent of threading a needle. But he says they think they, there's still a shot to get five in. And if that happens, Utah, <laughs> Utah yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Utah has got to be one of those. I think it's closer to three, maybe four, if the right things fall into place. If we're sti- you know, look, we're sitting here right now. Uh, UCLA is going to the NCAA tournament. Arizona is going to the NCAA tournament. That's two. I think that USC is in position. I think they still have work to do, right? Look, that, that win over UCLA, that was only their second quad one win. Okay, so they, you know, they still have work to do. Uh, Arizona State did not help itself last night at Washington. Nope. Nope. I thought for a while Arizona State was looking like, you know, that most viable number three team in the Pac-12. That's no longer. So, yeah, Arizona, UCLA, USC has some work to do. I think they'll get there. I don't know entirely just what to think about Utah. Like, I think they're capable, but the the resume is not great. Look, you're two and you are two and three against quad ones. You are four and seven against quads one and two combined. Not good enough, but the fact that you are eleven and zero against quads three and four means that you're going to have opportunities down the stretch here. Okay, you don't have any bad losses in terms of metrics, but you have to get going. Okay, you have Oregon left. You have to go to the Arizona schools. That's two quad one opportunities. You have to play UCLA here in Salt Lake City, USC here in Salt Lake City. There are opportunities here. Don't know fully what to make of Utah, but I think they're capable. But to your point, yeah, I like the Pac-12 to get three. Uh, if Jamie thinks they're getting five, I, I I like some of what he's having. <laughs> Same way. If I worked in the Pac-12 offices, I might see a thread and needle uh, possibility. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's a chance there's only two. But and when I see a third, it's USC for me. Just my eyes tell me USC is going to finish this season strong. Utah, I think it really does hinge on tomorrow's game, and it's an important game, uh, obviously, for both programs. 
Uh, Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, is with us. Uh, what makes the Utah team go? If people are watching this Oregon-Utah game tomorrow, where should their eyes be? Yeah, Utah does two things exceptionally well. They defend, okay? They are a top-ten defense in terms of uh, field goal percentage defense and three-point field goal percentage defense, okay? So they defend and they rebound, okay? They're, they're a top – I haven't looked at it today. They're, they're a top 15-ish team in terms of rebounding margin nationally, okay? They don't always have enough offense, okay? The offense has kind of been hit or miss. You know what you're getting out of Brandon Carlson, okay? He's a Pac-12 player of the year candidate. You know most nights what you're getting out of Carlson. But Gabe Madsen has been pretty steady, but he can be inconsistent. Lazar Stefanovic, he could be inconsistent. But when it's going, it's going. Okay, so defend and rebound, that's two things that Utah did not do well enough the first time they played Oregon, uh, January 7th, at the Huntsman Center. I, I was looking at it before I got on here. Oregon shot like 41% for the night at Utah. Not bad for Utah, but just not good enough, right? That's like more than they want to give up. And Utah was minus two on the glass against Oregon the first time around. So, you know, the the offense is, is like Jekyll and Hyde. You don't quite know what you're getting. But, you know, look, we're 22 games into this thing. When Utah defends and when they take care of the boards, they're usually okay. And that shouldn't be any different tomorrow night against an Oregon team that, look, they're, they're not super consistent either, right? I know that they were banged up early, right? They lost to UC Irvine lost to Utah Valley, they're healthy now, but now there's some questions about effort, right? They looked okay last night against Colorado, but you look at the loss to Stanford, that was a, a, a bit of a head-scratcher. So, I don't know. You know, I, I used up my weekly newsletter this week to to essentially write that it's time for Utah to get over this, at least for a night, right? It's time to get over this Oregon problem, right? This isn't Peyton Pritchard and, and Tyler Dorsey. This isn't Lewis King. This isn't any of that, okay? This is an inconsistent Oregon team, and Utah's best. I've watched 22 Utah games. I've probably watched parts or all of eight or nine Oregon games. Utah's best is better than Oregon's best. Like, it's time for Utah to get over this, especially given what's at stake uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, it, and if they don't get over it, uh, give me an idea of the psychological damage or obstacle that presents for Utah down the stretch if Dana Altman goes to uh you know 23 and 2 against Utah after tomorrow's game does that stick in Utah's craw for the rest of this season I'm gonna say no just because you know with this team there's a bunch of veteran guys on this team you know guys with voices guys that have been willing to speak their mind when things are you know hitting a valley look for example you had it rolling along pretty well and then you had this three-game skid where you lost to Oregon uh, to UCLA and to USC, and things were going uh, downward. And, you know, look, you circled the wagons. You had a couple of uh, closed-door meetings with the players. Guys spoke their minds. They got it together. And they're here now with this three-game winning streak, okay? So things are going back up. If they lose to Oregon, it's not great. It's not a season-ender, but it's not great. Like, is this going to end the season? No. But if you do lose this game, you're going to have to come home and you're going to have to – do the same thing again. You know, your guys, your older guys with voices, guys that, you know, usually step up and act like leaders are going to have to do that again because even if you lose this Oregon game, yeah, large stuff is not dead, but your closing stretch is pretty is pretty rugged. Again, you have to go to the Arizona schools. The L.A. schools are coming here. You have to play Colorado twice. So 
uh, things would get markedly easier with a win tomorrow, but things are not dead in the water if they lose. Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Before I let you go, I want to talk a little football. How are people feeling about next season, Cam rising back? That probably created a bump in the enthusiasm. It, it has. You know, the rising thing, you know, people were very excited about that. So you had all on the same day, rising, Brand Keithy, and Devon Valle all announcing that they're back. The thing with rising is, look, we know the knee injury in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Kyle Whittingham seems to think that he will be ready for the opener. We'll see. But, yeah, people are very optimistic about what Utah could be in 23. And I know you've been on the air for a little bit, but Kai Bernard, who had entered the transfer portal, he is now coming back to Utah for a fifth and final season. So that's another boon for the offense, especially if rising is not ready. If you have an inexperienced quarterback, at least you have a, a versatile guy like Makai Bernard who can catch the ball out of the backfield. He does well in pass pro. That's huge if you have an inexperienced first-time starter if rising can't go. That's fantastic. Uh, I think this conference is going to be a lot of fun. Newman, you have a great weekend. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, John. Thanks. There it is. Take a look at the Pac-12 schedule. Big game tomorrow with Oregon and Utah. And look, it's it's a real question. I got a question for the room. Peter Sampson, uh, uh, Stephen. Uh, you know, in in football, Oregon State won ten games. Basketball, they are sitting on eight. Will this basketball team win more games than the football team did this season? Ooh. They have eight wins. They have ten games left in the conference schedule. They would have to win three of the next ten. I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> that's my bet. You got to yeah. bet. You, uh, which team wins more, basketball or football? So, yeah, so they need to win 11 is what you're saying, more than the they'd, football team? They'd have to get three. They'd yeah, have to go three, three and, and seven three or and better seven. in the next ten games. No, I think they get two. I yeah. think they get to ten, not 11. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. They're two and eight on the first uh, round robin. They'd have to win three on the next. Uh, you know, I hate to, uh, hate to uh, bet against them, but... They've put themselves in this position. Keep an eye on that. I think people will talk about it more as it approaches. Uh, coming up, we're going to play some Punch It Audio. Uh, Dennis Erickson will be joining us at 4 o'clock, the former two-time national champion and three-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.